Howdy, Fat Guy Forum listeners. Before we get into this week's episode, just a reminder that there is a great way for you to support the podcast and keep it going, and that's by joining the Fat Guy Forum Patreon that you can find at patreon.com slash gourmetgoesketo. I use all the funds from the Patreon to go for the subscriptions and equipment that are used on the podcast, and if you join now, you will have the opportunity to be a part of helping decide the direction of the podcast as we dive into some new topics and try out a few new things. So I look forward to having you on board. Sign up today. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I'm once again glad to have you with us as we meet another awesome dude with us today. We have Alex Rubicada. Rubicada. I told him I was going to screw up his name, and now for some reason my tongue's not even working at all. But Alex, how are how are you doing today, man? I'm doing really good. Thank you. Good. I'm glad that you're here. Um, let's let's not delay and get right to it, man. Tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. So, I've I've you know I've always been really a big a big kid from the you know since I was a child. You know, um, when I was living with my grandmother. Uh, I remember saying, you know, I wanted to be like her as well. You know, she would, you know, she was big. She was all overweight as well. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, she died uh, from diabetes. And that kind of stayed with me, even though I've lost this weight. But the the idea of that happening and the way I, I grew up with, it's just, it's still kind of there. So... I think I was like around 12 or 13 when that happened. And as a middle child, and I've always had issues, you know, keeping the weight off because even during school, uh, elementary school, middle school, I've always just been that big kid. Uh, they've even put me in programs to where I had to eat salads and just water bottle, And I wouldn't even eat that either. I would sometimes I would even eat the other kids' food and ask them, like, "Hey, are you gonna eat that? You know, are you gonna eat that leftover?" Or because I didn't want to eat my food, it was just just the lettuce and water. You know, I wanted the fried chicken, the pizza, um, you know, the chocolate milk, and all that fun stuff. And, and that was all of elementary school. And middle school was basically the same way, where there's times where I would still want to, I'll eat my food and then I'll ask like my cousin or something or a classmate of mine, of mine and ask them if I can, you know, if they're going to eat their whatever they didn't eat because that's all I would do. I wouldn't even think about anything else. And you were talking about your, your grandmother's weight. Like, so is our weight issue something that kind of run in the family? Is it something that's kind of like always been there? The weight issue was, it wasn't that, I wouldn't say it's so much of a weight issue. It was just like, it was just so, something I was just surrounded with, like just with living with my grandma. She's the one that raised me the most. So I kind of just, you know, lived like her, like and she was making sure I ate. And I, the, to me, it was just making sure I eat. So I've always, always eating and eating. And you, so you think it's those kind of learned habits that contributed to your weight gain? Yeah, I would say it was more of a, a learned habit, but even as a learned habit, just 
I I thought when you keep going that way, you it eventually it turns into like an emotional thing. And take us into that. So what was it when you went? Was there a point when you were younger that you wanted to lose weight, or was it kind of always more like it was directed onto you? I didn't think about wanting to lose weight until I believe I was in like uh, like I don't know, like eighth about eighth grade, middle school time. And when I was smaller, I didn't really think much of it. It didn't really matter to me. Because you know, you're not even to me. I wasn't even thinking about that. Uh, but I did start thinking about it when the effects started happening. You know, you start you start breaking chairs. I remember I broke a couple of chairs at home, um, especially during high school time. Was you know that's when I even got even way bigger. Uh, breaking chairs, it was starting to get difficult to find clothes, especially pants. I hated you know going shopping for clothes because there was to me it was just no point going shopping for clothes if nothing's gonna fit. You know what I mean? So, and my mom was there is a point in high school where my mom had to order like a special shirt size. I was like, she had to get it online. And that made me feel bad inside because then I'm just like, I can't believe I can't just go out, you know, simply to Walmart and just pick up a shirt if I needed something or just pick up a pair of jeans and I can't even do any of that. So yeah, there was a point around that time when I started feeling that where I wanted, I started thinking about it, but I just didn't know how or even took action. So that's, the emotional part happened. So now I, it went from just become a habit of just not worrying about it. And then when you start feeling it, feeling it, then it becomes more, then it turns into an emotional thing. It just transformed into that. And take us, what do you mean? Wait, cause you said, you know, emotional thing a couple of times, like describe, like take us into that. Like, what is, what does that mean to you? So that's where it goes to more, when it goes to emotional, it's like, man, like, you feel bad. You you felt bad for yourself enough to where it's like, well, I felt bad. You felt bad for myself enough to where it's like, like I want to do something about it, but I can't. But I'm just gonna eat it because it makes me feel good. You kind of use that as a numbing thing, or just just to numb that little bit of a pain and just feel good about yourself. And then maybe you lose one or two pounds accidentally, you know, and you feel good about yourself. And then you gain it back you know, a week or two, and you just go back to that cycle. So basically, I used, ended up using food as a numbing thing for my emotions, or sometimes like a, like an, like an anesthesia, where you put yourself in a food coma just because it felt, just put you, go to sleep full. I used to do that a lot. And how did that progress and develop for you as you got older? As I got older, and especially when I got out of high school, um, I still wanted to do that weight, the weight loss, and I kept trying uh, other things. I remember just doing, I think they call it like the, the military diet, where it was just like lettuce and um, tuna and water, like a strict, super strict thing. And I think you had like crackers on the side, assaulting crackers. Because uh, I remember my cousin was doing that, and she was losing weight to get into this army. So I tried doing anything, uh, anything like that. But then I 
I mean, at that time you don't even know what you don't even know better either. So you're, you're doing all the restrictive stuff. So I was just like, I didn't even think about walking exercise either. Cause I was, whenever I would look online and be like Googling how to lose weight, and all of it's like, oh, you need to, you know, eat less and move more. So I started just eating less simple as that, like by, uh, I'll still eat the same stuff, but maybe I'll have one meal for the day and that would be it. You know, I, I didn't know that was considered fasting or anything. It, to me, it's just, I just ate less. And as for exercise, I didn't even, at that time, I didn't even bother with that. I didn't even, I didn't even think of doing exercise or anything. Cause it, I mean, my, you know, when, when you're going to be walking, my, you know, my hips would hurt, my knees would hurt, and I didn't want to go through that pain, you know, putting the air quotes, it's pain because that's part of it. You know, you got to go through that if you want to get something. And a lot of that from the high school up to, I would say 2015 or 2017, where I actually wanted to get serious about it. It was, a lot of it was just mostly just thinking about it, not even taking action about it, just thinking about it, just more of like, oh, I want to do this, but I can't, and I don't know how. So I just continued with the habit and it just became a little bit more emotional about it, you know, where, now I became depressed in myself to the point where it's like, well, I don't even, I don't even know how to do this, but I want to do this, but I don't know how. And then as, while this is happening at the same time, I'm still gaining the weight while thinking about it and trying to figure out a way to get out of this. Cause eventually I, you know, I was, you know, I was still breaking the chair or I just, you know, it was getting hard to get out of bed too. I didn't have a mattress with the the frame on it. I had a floor mattress, so that was even harder. Um, and then I would live upstairs, work going upstairs. It's just tiring. And you've always tired. And I didn't want to think about it. So thinking about it, but then not doing it, it became the thing. It became a conflict between those two. So I was like, eh, I'll just, you know, my staple would have been, you know, getting like a big plate of uh, Chinese food and like a large drink. And that would be, that would be like, that would actually just be like a, kind of like a a pre-meal before the actual meal that I would want. <laughs> so I would just go, you know, that's like, it, uh, I would say like Chinese food with that kind of meal at that time was more of a, uh, just kind of reward yourself and calm yourself before you can move on, move on with the regular day. So that's how I would treat myself. And so I'll get like a chi- like a giant plate of Chinese food, uh, buffet, just get it to myself. I didn't care how much it weighed on their scale. I paid whatever, how much it cost, ate that. And then got like a hamburger afterwards, maybe from Wendy's or something. And that would just make me feel good. And that would kind of help me forget what I wanted to do until I started feeling hungry again, or until I started feeling the, you know, my pants feeling tight or my shirt feeling tight. And then I get back into that mindset where it's like, oh, I really got to do something about this. And and it goes back to that cycle where I don't know what to do about it. So I'm just going to keep eating. And that cycle continued. Where Where did it bring you to eventually? It brought me to the clinic where I wasn't feeling good in my chest, actually. And 
I went, I think I went during work hours or after work, work hours. Um, I went to the clinic and that's when I get, she, I got my blood test there and she, I still didn't think much of it because every, even though I was that big, I was, I was, I was like 400 pounds at that time, even though I was just that big. And every time I went to the clinic, they've always never said anything about me, like what was wrong or. So it was never like a wake up call every time I went. So I was like, never worried about it. So there was always saying, oh, you're healthy. Your blood works good, you're this and that. And your blood pressure is fine. So I never thought about that until one day they were like, well, she was like the practitioner uh, was like, hey, your blood pressure is high. I'm gonna have to put you on medication. And, but I'm mostly worried about your pre-diabetic because you are pre-diabetic, you're considered pre-diabetic, you're maybe like three months away from being full-blown uh, pre uh, full-blown diabetes. And um, when she said that, it brought me all the way back to my childhood, thinking about my grandmother, because that's how my grandmother passed away, and the, the things that she suffered and how what it did to her. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to go through that. And I immediately asked her, what do I have to do? And she's like, you have to lose weight. And it came back to that cycle. It's like, well, how? How do I do this? What do I do? And she was like, well, let's first bring down your blood pressure. I'm gonna, she gave me the chance to reduce my blood pressure without medication. Um, she's like, well, I'll give you a week or two to reduce your blood pressure. And if that doesn't go down, I'm going to have to, but I'll put you on medication. And, but she's mostly concerned about the diabetes. So she has to wait at least three months for the next results. So she, I told her, so what do I do for now then? You know, if I have to work on my blood pressure, how do I work, fix that? And then we're not going to do anything about the diabetes or how do I do that? She's like, well, I'm going to have to, there's a diet. She, and she mentioned a diet called the DASH diet. And surprisingly, I've never actually seen anyone on social media talk about it or even heard about it. So the DASH diet is actually a blood pressure diet. Um, I think it's like an acronym. So it's like D, uh, D stands for dietary, A approaches, S um, stop, stopping, H is hypertension. So dietary approaches to stop hypertension. So she just gave me like a little bit of stack of papers. She's like, this is this is the diet for blood pressure. And you know, this is lose a couple of weight and we'll see how it goes the following week or two. And I said, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this. And I read the pages as soon as I got home. I read the pages, read what it was about, looked at it, whatever she gave me. And I'm just, that was like immediate cold turkey just straight up, just started throwing all of my junk food. I threw my chips, I threw my, my soda, that my root beer, everything. I just did everything cold turkey because I was like, I, I do not want to be on medication. I do not like being on medication. And nobody does. So I didn't even care what was the consequence was of, of whatever I was doing. I wanted to wait down, to be honest. Like, I didn't, you know, I wanted to wait down and I wanted to get off of that. I did not want to be there. So I, I started walking. That was like the best thing I knew what to do, walking. And I walked 30 minutes at the park nearby, just 30 minutes, nothing crazy. 
just the idea of walking was to me at the time was this is this is the workout <laughs> that's just the workout I, I for me so and after doing that for a week or two consistently i i, I didn't even weigh myself either because i wasn't taking it you know as like a something i'm going to lose weight you know i'm gonna lose weight because to me at the time it was just like ah, i'm not gonna lose that much i'm just it's just just for now and i'm i'm eventually gonna get back to where i'm at and maybe i could play around with it by going in and out of this range and and that's this interesting thing about that like how i thought about how i had that mindset just going in and out that way because i was a little bit right there is kind of like the conflict between you know myself and how i want what i really wanted and two weeks into that I went back to the clinic, got my results again, and I think I lost like, I'm being like four or five pounds. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good actually <laughs> to me. And she's like, well, you're not, your high blood pressure is actually reduced. You're, she doesn't have to put me on medication anymore. And she's like, but if it happens again on the next procedure for the pre-diabetic, then she'll have to do that. And I tell her, so what do I have to do for this one? Because that's the one I'm worried about. And she's like, yeah, this is the one we got to focus on the most. And she's like, well, you're going to have to continue losing the weight, you know, reduce your your, your sugar intake. Because she was explaining how that works. And I, mean, I don't even know how exactly how that works. But to me, I still didn't want that in me. And, and I told her, all right. And she's like, if you can lose 10 pounds, like, oh, they like, I feel like four or five pounds in these two weeks. And she's like, can you imagine in three months? And I go, I know, right? Can I imagine what will happen after three months? You know, at that time, it's, I was like, oh, that's like, that's a lot of weight. <laughs> and then I go, so that pumped me up. And I started doing that, the same routine, walking 30 minutes a day, every day, nonstop. There was no, I didn't even have a rest day because, you know, I didn't, I didn't know any rest days. I just wanted to get the weight down as much as I can, as fast as I can, by eating the same food I was eating. And the food from that dash diet was mostly just a low sodium to no sodium type diet. Um, you know, because the way the sodium works with increasing high blood pressure to lowering it down. Uh, I would just eat mostly uh, sugar-free jello uh, rotisserie chicken or just replenal chicken and a big bowl of salad and some dressing on top. That was actually my diet for the whole year. Um, just jello, chicken, and salad, big bowl of salad and a little bit of dressing. And you know, here and there I would have like a string cheese and that's it. I did not go restaurants anymore. I quit everything cool tech. I didn't do anything. That was just all I wanted. And and all that's all I wanted to focus on because that's all I knew. So I did that for three months straight. I think I lost about almost I think like forty or fifty pounds in those three months. And that's when I started that's when I started feeling the changes too, like in my clothes and everything. And I'm like, you know what? I can do this. <laughs> so that felt really good. But and then when we when I got back to the clinic and she you know, we got our results and everything, she said, Well she said your 
you're no longer pre-diabetic, but we got to really make sure you kind of create this, you know, lifestyle lifestyle for you um, to make sure you don't go back there uh, to the pre-diabetic. And then she started explaining to me, like, the horror stories that can happen to you, you know, kind of like give me that, you know, that reality check. Like, oh, yeah, I, I completely 100% understand all of this. So after that, I got out of the clinic and I was kind of sitting in my car in relief, like, okay, I did it. I escaped two things and I, I, I survived two things. Like I almost became part of my life for the rest of my life, you know? And I remember just sitting in my car and just like, well, I've already lost this much weight and I don't want to go back to how I was feeling and I don't want to go through this again. So remember how I said back then where it was just kind of like that contradiction where I can just go in and out, but now it just, it kind of just transformed to like, well, I don't even want to do that. I don't even want to be around that. So that's when, that's where I just made the decisions. Like, I don't want to go back to where I was. I don't want to follow the same footsteps that my grandmother did. And I don't want any of that. I'm tired. I don't want this. So that's when a kid went into like 100, 110% and all in on it. And I signed up for the gym. Even though I signed up for the gym, I was still kind of frightened a little bit. I, you know, I just wasn't used to the gym. I wasn't used to being around people who, you know, to me at that point, knew what they're doing. So I stuck with walking at the park for another three, three months and started getting the same results. Until eventually I built up the courage to go to the gym, to even be at the gym, um, just kind of being at the treadmill, just continuing that routine, but this time just not at the park, just staying on a treadmill. That's when I lost 100 pounds. And that's where I started seeing, you know, a lot of people were seeing it first than I could. And when I lost 100 pounds, that's when I decided to take photos. Um, I didn't know how how serious I was getting. I didn't know how how much uh, it inspires people either, because uh, I wasn't worried. I wasn't thinking about that at all. Because then, as as people were noticing it, they were like, "Oh, you know, I want to do that too," or this and that. And I'm like, "We'll start walking like you know, 30 minutes. That's all I. That's how I started." So after the hundred pounds, I I did get I did get uh, like a like a member spotlight at the at my local gym, and that was pretty cool. And they ended up putting me uh, my before and after photo when I first signed up their gym, and they put me the new photo of where I'm at at that time, and kind of put me under uh, the gym wall. And that was pretty cool. And that was awesome. And that kind of motivated me more because then. That's, that kind of gave me the idea of a before and after picture because I never did an after, before and after picture. And I'm like, oh, wow, I, I can actually see what people are seeing because I never actually did a before photo. And from there, that's when I moved on to learning how to actually just making a workout into a life routine. I, into just being a thing, just getting into the gym, just being in there, kind of just getting used to it. I was, I still wasn't thinking about, you know, what foods I'm supposed to eat or anything. And that was going to be my question because, you know, one of the things you talked about from your kind of before time was 
not really knowing what to do and, and, you know, even having to ask at the clinic, like, how do I do any of this? Like, what should I do? Like trying to find that direction. And I think that's something that a lot of people go through specifically, you know, when it comes to the gym, but also with, you know, finding a way of eating, like, were you with, you know, after that losing a hundred pounds, were you starting, like, how were you starting to educate yourself, like to figure out what to do with the gym and, and to start thinking about food? Um, I started um, just literally just Google searching and YouTubing, um, just whatever I can YouTube, like, well, how to eat healthy. And I never, I didn't understand what, at the time I didn't understand like a, what a deficit was or a macros or anything. I just wanted to know just how to eat healthy or what can I do just to implement into my life to move forward on there. Find like a baseline and or workouts too. And I'm like, well, what should I do? I don't want to just, just walk. I'm sure there's more to do because there's a reason why the gym has all these things, right? So I was like, well, I mean, I'm sure there's something I can do to learn. But it was mostly for me, it was the food aspect. Like I wanted to learn the, the gym stuff, but to me it was the food aspect because I, that was, that's more important to me because I wanted to learn, you know, exactly, you know, how not to just decide to, oh, I'm just going to go back to Egypt eating Chinese, uh, like, or like a big plate. Like I, now I can just have Chinese, but just not as big and it won't even be anything to me like that. Not like how I used to. So I started uh, learning by reading the labels, the nutrition facts. Like, okay, this is X amount of calories. This is how much I could eat. And if I don't eat more than 3,000 calories, then I'll be fine. And that's just how I decided to move on with the with my weight loss from there, just keeping it as simple as possible from there. And so how did that move forward for you? Like, where did it get you to eventually? It eventually led me to another 100 pounds. And then I started you know, seeing the loose skin after, I think, around about almost almost like a 192. Actually, kind of like where I'm at right now, uh, almost like a 230 around 230 or 240, I started seeing a little bit more of the skin or it just, to me, it felt like, okay, something's wrong here. Um, I, I had this unrealistic, you know, idea that I wasn't going to have loose skin for some reason. And, and that's just out of ignorance. So it led me, it honestly led me to the hospital, like to go to the hospital because it started affecting me mentally, uh, depression, anxiety, and body dysmorphia. And that's when I ended up going back to the clinic about it. And like, hey, I and I wasn't feeling good anymore. Like, my emotional state was off, just not working anymore. Like, it was just wasn't, I wasn't feeling right anymore. And then even my skin started to turn yellow. My eyes, my eye, the white, white, the white part of my eyes started to turn yellow. I was not sleeping well anymore. Uh, everything was just, I don't know, everything was just crumbling down. And once I started, it was like a weird transition where it's like, when I got to this point of the way, I think I, I think I was like a 230 or 220. It's kind of where I'm at. But I think I was like around that area to where it's like, I have all this uh, loose skin and this and that. I even told the doctor, like I have 
all this is skin. Like, what do I do about that? Like, I don't understand. I And then it became worse, actually, because when other people outside would see me, they're like, oh, that's just the skin. You don't look like you're 220. So that kind of actually affected me more mentally. It's like, well, they're saying this, but how come I don't feel this? If they're saying I look 180, how come I don't feel 180? I still feel like um, 300 pounds or, you know, because when you have that little skin, when you sit down, you kind of just spread to the to the side or you still kind of have a little bit of a spread. And that's different. It became a different challenge for me to live with. And it affected me quite a bit. I would have, honestly, I would have like panic attacks at night, uh, anxiety, just thinking about it and depression, everything. Until I I actually talked to my mom to be like, I want the surgery done. And we ended up going a trip in Houston, Texas, uh, November, I believe, no, December. He's, this is 2019. Um, so, in 2019, that's actually, it took me one year just to lose 200 pounds. I was already at 203 when I was in Houston. So, and that was pretty quick. Now, when I think about it, that was pretty quick. Uh, and when I went to meet the surgeon, he was like, oh, okay, we'll go do this and that. And it was like, it's going to, we talked about the prices and everything. And we were thinking about a date for it. And it was, he was charging like, uh, like $10,000 for just a tummy tuck and maybe like the breast lift. And that, that, that was a discount too. Normally he was, he was going to charge, uh, I think like 12 or 13,000. I was going to charge, but since he knew my mom, cause my mom used to work with him, he gave me that friendly discount of reducing it to 10,000. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> oh, so I was like, okay. But I still wasn't feeling well. Even I, even if I want, even if I got it done, I still wasn't feeling like it would have been. It wouldn't fix how I felt about it. So after we went back to Arkansas, where I'm living, from Texas, uh, the only thing in my mind at that time was just to lose skin. Like I want to. I don't know how to get rid of it. I even, and that's when I'm gonna bring up the hospital again because it was around twelve o'clock. Uh, in the afternoon, right after a workout, I was eating my food, the same food I was to eat the whole year, you know, the chicken, the sugar-free jello, and the big bowl of salad. And I was just YouTubing, like, um, surgery procedures, like how it's done and who's done it, what it looks like, you know, the after, the scars and everything. And I was just kind of just looking at it and looking at it. And then that's when I felt my body get cold. I was getting lightheaded, and I went, and I got up out of fear, like, freaking out. My chest went cold. My vision, everything was turning green, and then I was losing my hearing, and then I passed out on the couch because I was, I was told to sit down. I was taking deep breaths, and my mom was like, just take deep breaths, relax, relax. I was taking deep breaths as deep as I can because I was like, I need to calm down. To me, it was an anxiety, but it was just didn't feel like an anxiety. It was just different. They ended up diagnosing it as syncope, uh, a high emotional syncope, basically. It was just too much emotion for my body, I guess. So 
um, I didn't even know I fainted. Uh, all I know is I took a deep breath and I kind of just disappeared. Like everything just went black and the hearing noise was just that silence noise, that ringing noise. When it was too quiet, you just hear that ringing noise. That's all I heard. And all of a sudden I just, I woke up, but I gasped for air, like freaking out, like, like, like what happened? And then I, all I can see is my mom just rubbing my chest area, my heart area to kind of relax my heart and everything. She told me I turned pale while I was gone. I was sweating. She had to put a, a, like a towel over me because I was sweating so much. After that, she ended up calling number one. The ambulance came in. They were checking my heart. They were saying I had like a, my heart was, had like a irregular heartbeat at that moment and that when they were checking it. So they, they drove me to the hospital and they couldn't find nothing wrong with my heart. They said my heart is perfectly healthy. Nothing's wrong with my blood. They don't see anything wrong with my blood. And they said, there's nothing wrong with you. And to me, was that's just the high emotion of the weight loss that I went through. Of uh, just the, well, mostly just because of the the skin at that time. I didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. So you're having these these attacks happen. Like, what? How do you? How did you work on that, or what was suggested, or like, kind of where did it go from there? So nobody suggested anything. It was just, it became me versus me at that point where I wanted, and that's just, just how I handle things. It became just me just thinking the process of, okay, I'm feeling this way. And this is what it got me. I can't get the surgery done because it's expensive, but I, now I have to live with it. And now I have to be with it. And I don't want to feel this way. I don't want it to be something where it's going to keep me feeling uh, depressed and everything for my whole life. So in a weird way, thankfully, we ended up in quarantine <laughs> during the COVID pandemic. So that gave me, that gave me like a challenge for myself just stay because there's no more gyms. So I was forced to stay home with all the food around me and really use all of that quarantine time for just basically turning it into self-love and, and turn it into a self-love and more of like uh, discipline and affir- not affirmation, just more of like increase my discipline around the food and more like just showing appreciation to what it's done and how I can be kind of one with it and have it show me what it's really trying to show me or help me deal with uh, what it's done for me in the past. And I remember sharing it that way in one of my Instagram posts where it's like, what? Like, you know, thank you for holding me tight, you know, when I stretch you so far, too. And I really love that part. And once I got to that point, and it took me the whole year, it wasn't, it wasn't something that was going to take me like three months because um, after the hospital part, I ended up, you know, going through derealization a little bit for like another two, three months uh, where your emotion just kind of shuts off and you're just kind of just there. Um, through that time, those three months, that's when I started working on, like, you know what, I don't want the surgery anymore right now. This just, it's just me, this means that I have to like work, like how to you know, live with it. And it was more of like a sign that you, you don't love yourself enough. You just wanted to 
cut it off because you hated what I was doing, what I was making you look like or making you feel like when it was just me making myself feel this way about it. And I think I started, then I started to get into Instagram. I didn't get into Instagram until like December. Uh, because to me, when that happened, it was important for me to share, you know, what the effects can do if you weren't prepared for it or how to deal with the skin. I didn't realize how many people have issues with their skin, like how they felt about it either. And so take us, like, what, what I'm curious about, man, is you're talking about kind of like working on that idea of, of loving yourself and kind of having to have that connection with yourself, like, how do you actually, how did you actually do that? Like, how do you work on that? A lot of the times it's just me looking at myself in the mirror and kind of asking, like, having, like, a little bit of a conversation with myself saying, well, like, kind of, you're, I would, like, play with it a little bit, kind of mess with it, feel with it, you know. I'm doing it right now as if I'm talking to you, but, I mean, because it's, like, it's a practice. So, and I would mess with it and then kind of like get in different angles and kind of just ask myself and have like a little conversation with it. Cause that's, to me, your loose skin is still your old self just hanging on to you. But in your new self, you're thinner, you know, you're a little bit more leaner. That's, that's two people now. And that's just how I view it right now. That's two people. You got one that's holding on to you, that's your past. And you got your new, that you can see past the loose skin, which is you, the new, the new you. And you're kind of having a conversation with your old self at that point. It's like, well, hey, what are you trying to show me still? Or, you know, how long can we go? Like, what, you know, let's keep going. I want to keep going. I want to see what else we can do together as at this, at the way we look right now. And I got better at that. I got got really better at that. And it, it was to where before... It was like, I hate you. I don't want to see you. I'm covering you. I'm putting layers on top. So I can don't sorry, I don't see the world. And now it's just like, you know, I this is it's more of an appreciation. I was like, hey, let's work to I wanna I wanna see what you wanna show me now. And what I mean by that, what I wanna see what you wanna show me is you know, as I get leaner, lose more body fat, I can see it's easier to see past the skin. You can start seeing the more the the muscle definition and everything. And once I get to that point or once someone else gets to that point, that's when, and you have that more appreciation, like it's not a big deal anymore, then that means you're ready for, if you decide to get the surgery, it means you're ready with yourself. You've already became one with it. You've worked with it that way. You can see past it. You don't even um, subconsciously think about it anymore. You're you already became, you and your old self and your skin are together now to where if you, for whoever's out there that is thinking about getting loose skin and got to that point where once you get that surgery done, it's like, that's the ultimate form of letting go because you've made peace with it. And I'm at that middle point right now where I'm not ready. I'm not going to do that yet. So what, Alex, is your, I mean, it, it sounds like you've been through a lot kind of working through this the past year. Like, if there's someone out there listening who's in that place you were at in the beginning, kind of when it was overwhelming you, what is, what is your advice to them? 
if it's overwhelming and it got to that point where you ended up in the hospital like I did, um, that's a huge flag for yourself that you didn't, you were probably just losing the weight, just lose weight because you didn't like yourself. But you loved yourself to start, but you didn't like yourself to, enough to where you didn't appreciate your victories cause in that process. And that's, and it's gonna show by how you are your emotion when you end up in that position. And it'll show there that you need that self-love in there. And how do you show that appreciation to yourself now? Now, what I'm, now what I'm doing is uh, by having no more layers at this point. I don't, I used to just cover all my loose skin by having like, I don't know, like a jacket or something. Now I, I have just a shirt and that way when it's exposed and I can see it all the time, I'm not hiding it. It's just there showing me that like I have it and then this is, this is how I look now. And cause if I'm hiding it, I'm not thinking about, it, I'm not working with it. I'm not working with it by acknowledging it and and I think that's important to you have to acknowledge it being there and so where do you think things will go for you from here from here <laughs> so from here I know for sure it'll go to where I'm like smiling right now because I already know where it's gonna go <laughs> so I it would be to where I am super, super, like, like, super, like, just like this happy person. It's like I, this, I one hundred percent come accepted everything of how I feel about this, how I feel about the image that's showing me currently, and what it, what I can see past it. And once I get there, it'll be to where I'll be able to get the. I'll be able to let it go. And what I mean by that, I'll be able to let it go by getting the surgery done. And it'll be like making peace with like, like, thank you so much for teaching me this lesson and holding on to where I am, that I needed this. And I know I'll get that. And I can feel it right now a little bit. Like, because I, I, I'm getting better at it every day. Well, I think that's a powerful transformation in perspective. Like, when you sit down and look at your life now versus what your life used to be like when you were over 400 pounds, like what, what are the big differences that stand out to you? So from between now and before, and before I just didn't care about myself. And you can easily tell easily by my face look, just not happy, just super frowned and and I didn't really take care of himself, like, you know, like, even, even, like, clothing-wise, uh, aesthetically, where I just wore just whatever, like, even had a bunch of holes, and to me, to me, I'm just speaking for myself, like, to me, it was just, that was not, you know, taking care of myself, and just not feeling happy, no nothing, just outright just didn't really care about myself. Between now, up to now, it's just, like, now i want to and now it's you can I can see the difference now where it's like man like I care about myself a lot more and I'm happy about that you know 
And do you think it's that care, you know, caring for yourself now is really one of the driving forces that will prevent you from going back to the life you used to live? It was, It is um, <clears throat> because every time I, every time I have that, that thing behind me, the back of my mind where it's like, it's like, it's okay. You can, you don't have to do this anymore. That's, that's still that mind behind me where it's, it's that's kind of like my old stuff still like, you can still have that Chinese. You don't worry about it. You're, you can spend another two, three years going slowly, going back, because you don't. You're not gonna get. You won't get pre-diabetic in a month, Alex. You're not gonna get high blood pressure in a month, Alex. You have more time now, and that's the scary thing, because that's kind of still there. You know, and that's why I, there's times where I would share like I don't want to go back, and that's me constantly fighting that, there, that little bit of that you know, that demon inside in your head, just like, you're kind of fighting that. So that's where I'm at right now, actually. No, I think that makes sense, man. And I, I think that is, I think those, that voice is the thing that a lot of us, you know, struggle, who go through these journeys struggle with. It's that, especially like that point you hit on where, you know, overnight, you're not going to go back to the condition that you were in overnight. So if you relax a little bit, you know, hey, don't worry about it. Like, it's, it's all a part <laughs> yeah. of kind of like fooling ourselves because, yeah. you know, that slope gets slippier. It's like dangling every day. right there. It's like dangling in front of you. It's okay. It's okay. You know, or like a little bit of a hand gesture, like come back. It's okay now. And that's scary because you can easily go back and just throw everything out. And you've, you've kind of, you made some radical changes to the way you were eating to lose the weight. Like, how are you approaching food now? <clears throat> I, now, I'll occasionally have, like, a Snickers bar. I'll occasionally, you know, have, like, a mocha. Or I'll occasionally have, like, a pizza. But I just become more, more aware of what I'm eating. It's more aware, like... Yeah, it's okay, but I still don't want to rebuild that habit accidentally. So I'm kind of being a little bit more careful still. Uh, a little bit of that relationship I'm still working on between food because I don't want to have to think that way where it's like, oh, I got to be careful not to eat too much. You know, that's still a little bit that battle right there of uh, wanting to go back, you know. So uh, right now I'm building this type of uh, routine of, uh, eating still kind of eating healthy, but slowly implementing like what I used to like back in the day. Like I'll have maybe I'll have some chips or maybe I'll have a pizza here or there, and that way it's more balanced. You know, I want that balance in there. I don't want just completely just healthy food and neglect all that fun stuff. I want that complete balance, and you know, everyone I think everyone wants that too. Well, I hope that's something that you're able to find, man. And I, I really appreciate you, you coming on and kind of really opening up to the, how kind of the emotional side of all of this developed for you. I think that's a, some powerful lessons there for people that might struggle with similar things. So I just want to say a big, a big thank you for sharing that. Thank you. It's, it's really an honor for you to be here with you, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm glad you're... And I think one of the things that, you know, it highlights in what you're sharing is the idea that it's not just about getting to a certain point and feeling like things are done. It's about that constant process of discovering what are the areas that you need to put your focus on and what are the things you need to take care of and 
what are the things you need to do to take care of yourself? Oh, yeah. You slowly discover that once you're in this journey, you, just, you slowly discover that it's never been about weight loss. It's always been about you transforming yourself and your, new, your old beliefs and changing them about yourself and then learning that it's it's that it's actually in the i'm like i'm basically becoming like an advocate that it's becoming like a self-love part as a whole if when you're coming from a 400 pound plus to now it it does become that well i i appreciate that and and i have no doubts that this is going to be something that you continue to work on and work through and just have like you said have that that balance in your life as, as you move forward with whatever adventures come next for you so, Alex, one of the things I do at the end of every episode is I ask my guests the same five questions. I call it the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Uh, man, I've been thinking about these so much, <laughs> like every day. <laughs> All right, let's, let's, let's go with this. Here we go, man. Here we go. So question number one, Alex, tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Okay, so I have one, but I'm not sure if it will count because I've actually been thinking about this for a couple of days because that's the first question I have in my mind. That's Okay. I mean, like the he's not fat anymore, um, actually. I mean, but he was back then. So I hope it still counts. Um, uh, the guy that plays Earl from uh, not Earl Randy from My Name Is Earl, uh, Ethan. I think he's in Ethan's. Yes, I would say he would at that time. It would have been him because my I remember my brothers was telling me that hey, you look like him, Alex. You look like you look like Randy. <laughs> So, yeah, that stuck with me a lot. So I would say that that character. There we go. And Ethan also, you know, is it, through his own journey is showing people what's possible, you know, the life that oh, he yeah. used to live and what he's yeah. doing now. When so I that's saw awesome. that, when I was seeing that, I'm like, yeah, that's basically me. Yeah, that is me. There you go, man. <laughs> Question number two, Alex. Tell us, what is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? One lesson that being a fat guy has taught me. In a funny way, you kind of become a little bit more likable. Like you become funny, you make people laugh. Um, so I guess I end up. I guess from being the fact, I learned how to um, have people around and making making people laugh. At that time, I was kind of like a funny guy back then. No, I definitely and, understand that. And we that's the. The two episodes back, you know, we did a whole deep dive into that concept, you know, the idea of being the funny fat guy and how that develops for people. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So it basically become, it taught me how to be a little bit more social at that time. Nice. Question number three, Alex. If there's someone out there who is over 400 pounds right now listening and wants to get their journey started, what is one thing you think they could start doing today? If if you're in that position, I would say build that habit of just getting up and doing uh just doing a little bit of a walking. Mm-hmm. Um, don't even learn, don't even bother trying to learn what any any workouts or what calories are. I would say building that first habit of just moving is that that's that a little bit of a push to build that snowballing into everything else. That's a great place to start, man. Question number four, Alex, what is one thing about yourself that you love? So I love 
this is, and I, it's weird because I actually say this to myself sometimes. Like, I love the idea that I'm able to continue fighting just to keep going further, even though I so bad. Like, sometimes like, it feels like I'm going to quit or something's going to make me stop. I love the idea that I'm able to just continue fighting. Mm-hmm. No, I love it, man. That's awesome. And question number five, Alex, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Um, building an online business, which is something I'm still working on this year to transition next year, hopefully. Nice. Um, something I want to try to build. Um, still keeping it discreet here. But yeah, it is a financial uh, goal for next nice. year. I like it, man. And I have no doubt with the things that you've worked through, you're going to be able to, to put that same, like that same fire for yourself in other areas. So that just sounds great, man. Alex, I just want to say a big thank you again one more time for coming on the show. Tell people where they can connect with you if they do want to find you and follow your journey. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at ashes, all lowercase, ashes.ambition. And in the future, if you listen to this in the future, and ashes.ambition isn't working or you can't find me anymore, you can find it on my regular name, which will be alex.arwalicada. There we go, man. There we go. And I will make sure to put a link to your profile in the show notes today. Alex, thank you again so much for joining us and bringing your story to the people. I, I'm excited for everyone to hear this and to see what they can take away from what you've been willing to share. Thank you so much for having me here, Gorman. I appreciate this. Definitely. And if anyone out there, if you want to connect with me, you can find me, of course, on Instagram at Gourmet Goes Keto, on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. Or you can also find out more about the coaching that I do at theketoroad.com slash coach-mike. My friends, take some inspiration from today's episode. Go out there and do something to amaze yourself today because you are the most amazing people I know. And then come on back and catch us on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. Mm-hmm.